Welcome to another edition of the Jaguars Reporters Podcast. J.P. Shadrick, John Osier, Brian Sexton, Kai Stevens. After a mini bye weekend, it's on to Steelers week. Week 8, the Jaguars at 5-2. and two. They've won four straight games in four different stadiums, in seven different time zones, in 19 days, Kai. And, yeah, a rest is needed before this game coming up this week. It's a nice little rest, and then it's just one game, and then it's the bye week. So you've gotten through that really tough gauntlet. Um, Doug Peterson talked about it post game. Christian Kirk alluded to the fact that this back end of it, the, those four games have been about as good as we've seen of this team, and they still haven't hit their stride yet. So that has to be encouraging for you to see the teams finding ways to win, but they still have a lot of things they need to work on. So they should be better, even than what we've seen so far. Yeah. They have set themselves up nicely. They can set themselves up really nicely if they beat the Steelers. Even if they don't, they're set up nicely for the second half of the season. Um, I've I've been saying all weekend, it, this is where you wanted to be if you're a Jags fan for 15 years through suffering. Uh, this is what building toward a playoff push looks like, winning the way they are. And uh, I... It's all out in front of them, right? JP, you mentioned uh, four cities, three stadiums. Uh, oh, wait. Four stadiums. Yeah, let me get this right. Uh, <laughs> four stadiums, three cities, two continents, six time zones, uh, 13, 14 days between three games, yeah. uh, 19 games for all four. I think when you look at it, we're going to look back at this stretch, this challenging stretch, unprecedented stretch of schedule and say, this is where the growth began, right? Um, everyone wanted them to pick up this season where they left off last season. But if you really recall last season, they weren't blowing people out. They were winning at the end. They had to find a way to win at the end. And so now all of a sudden, I think, as John has pointed out a couple of times, that you have a team that hasn't trailed in the second half of any of these four. I think we'll look at this stretch as being the defining stretch of this season and maybe of the Trevor Lawrence era. Maybe this is where it all kind of gets going. And this is uh, the beginning now, coming off this mini-bye and then the Steeler game and then, of course, the, the bye week, the full bye week. There's been some guys on the injury report early in this season, and they really haven't had their full arsenal out there, certainly on the offensive side as of late. And if they get those guys back in the next week or two, then we might actually begin to see the offense that we expected uh, early in the season. Well, Walker Little, we, what do we see, eight plays with him and Cam next to each other, and they went right down the field. Mm-hmm. Um, Walker Little and Zay Jones certainly helped the offense. We've seen Dwan Smoot make plays in the two games that he's appeared in, and you could get Devon Hamilton back. Uh, I don't know whether he's back this week, or, but certainly by San Francisco. I think the biggest part is, is that Doug had about five days here from the end of the Saints game until Wednesday when they get on the practice field for guys to rest and get ready. And then you have a couple of days of work, and then you have seven more days. One game in 23 days is a real benefit to this team. It sets them up heading into the second half of the season. Yeah, to have won these games without Zay and Walker on the field um, is pretty significant. I think I think Zay quietly uh, has become uber important to this offense. Uh, the third down stat, which Brian knows better than I do, but it's not great. Um, becomes much better with him on the field. They really rely on him in those big situations. I remember talking to Evan Ingram in London and him saying, Zay's our most reliable target on third down. He matters a great deal in that. Uh, So do they become great with him on the field? They become a lot better. Well, the only game 
really where you've been over 50% in third downs, he was a big part of it against the, uh, against the Ravens, right? Not the Ravens, against the, um, the Bills. One of the they were, they were, I, yeah, it's all run together. <laughs> they, were, they were 10 of 18 that day. Yeah. And, and I'm trying to remember, he played opening day, then he didn't. Missed a couple weeks. He missed Chiefs, a couple weeks, yeah. came yeah, back. against the Chiefs. He's played yeah. about two and a half games. Yeah, right. So you, the only time you've really had him on the field here since opening day, he was a big part of 50% plus on third down. You saw how they struggled on third down in New Orleans last week. It really is the bugaboo. I mean, it's, it's, it's killing them. They didn't have a drive longer than three minutes um, from the first drive of the second quarter on to the rest of the game. You, you, you can't expect your defense to play at that high of a level forever. They need Zay Jones back. And if they get him back, Kai, that all of a sudden can open up Ridley again. I mean, they doubled up Ridley last week. He was quiet on Thursday in the Superdome, but it, hey, that's what this offense was built to be. All those receivers, the tight end, the running game, then all of a sudden Ridley's running wild again. It's important to remember that, too, because I know everyone's mad. Why didn't they throw it to Calvin and, and – We've talked about this ad nauseum. When everybody's healthy, there are a ton of weapons on this offense. So it's going to be a different player in every single game. And Calvin's had two of those games where he was the main guy, maybe more. Um, so to say, hey, they're not throwing to Calvin, it's not always going to be Calvin. Sometimes it's somebody else. And, you know, Christian coming up with that huge play or whoever it's going to be on offense, it'll be different every single week. You know what I love, JP? I love the voice of the people. <laughs> I know um, you do. You're a people person, John. Because here's – was the uh, gist of the inbox for two weeks. Oh, they're forcing the ball to Calvin too much. That's what's wrong with the offense. Well, now they win a game on Thursday where Trevor clearly let the offense come to him organically, didn't force the ball to Calvin. You should force the ball to Calvin, JP. (laughs) Well, you know, I do think within that extreme – the offense is better. Bucky Brooks talks about it all the time. The, the offense is better. This offense is designed to let the quarterback make his decisions organically. I do think that Trevor is still trying to find that balance, and in, I think he's finding it better now. Uh, I, I think it may t- even take a couple weeks when Zay comes back to fully find the flow of getting to each guy the right amount. But even when that happens... There's going to be a game. One of these guys is going to get left out of the mix in most games because you're not going to throw enough to have them all targeted eight times. Right, and and part of the the game on Thursday, obviously the the big part of the game was the injury to the quarterback and the way they had to call it with the left knee of Trevor Lawrence and get it out of his hands fast and no time to really look around down the field. My a lot. favorite question, Brian, the other day was <laughs> yeah. it, it, leading to the game: Was he going to play? Was he going to play? After the game, I must have got 25 million miles. What's wrong with Trevor Lawrence? Well, he was hurt. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's wrong. Nobody was hiding it. No. He had a brace. And he ran for 59 yards. He was the leading rusher. Yeah. Right. How does that work? Yeah, what's by the way. Trevor? Well, they won four straight games. You're five and two. Mix in, mix in that Travis Etienne is now the, the first player in Jaguars history to have two or more touchdowns in three consecutive games. And it's going to be hard to get the ball to Kirk and Jones and Ingram and ETN and Ridley. Someone's been left out already. You know, it was Kirk on opening day. It was Ridley last week. Who cares if you win? And at least in the preseason, that was what all those guys said. They didn't care as long as they won. It feels very homey to me. I feel in the Northeast, everybody complains about everything, but they'll defend them to the death (laughs) because you'll go on Twitter and defend Trevor Lawrence but then secretly be right to John and be mad about you know we can be mad at him but you guys can't be mad at him so I love it 
You can't do that to our pledges. Only we can do that to our pledges. <laughs> oh, what great lines in movie history. <laughs> We're back in a moment. We'll look ahead to the Jaguars and the Steelers in Week 8. It's Jaguars Reporters. Welcome back to the Jaguars Reporters Podcast. J.P. Shadrick, Kai Stevens, Brian Sexton, John Ozier, the Jaguars at 5-2 and two, headed to Pittsburgh, a place they know well and they've performed well in recent history against the Pittsburgh Steelers, a team that has, uh, well, you know what the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be. They've always been great defense. They've got a young quarterback. Uh, but they are still, Brian, the Steelers, and they this are, game matters much. Well, and, and watching their game against the Rams, they obviously played great defense. However, they ran the ball well, right? I mean, you saw Najee Harris, who was controlling between the tackles for them, which set up Deontay Johnson's return. So they're going to run the ball, and you just better be ready for it. Jaguars appear to be ready to take on any running game in the league. They're going to send T.J. Watt after your quarterback, mm-hmm. right? And he might be the best defensive player in the league right now. You know how they like to play. Um, as you mentioned, the Jaguars have done well in their history against the Steelers. We'll see. I think they're a better team than this Pittsburgh team. I, I, I don't think that the Pittsburgh Steelers are – they're good. They're 4-3. and three, But they don't look Steeler good, right? Where you'd go in and know that they were better than you on both lines that they could run the ball and you were going to hold on to try to stop them. They look to me like a team that can be had. Yeah, they're good. I mean, uh, I agree with Brian. I don't think they're an elite team this year. But I think they're sort of Jaguars light this year, meaning I think the, I think the Jaguars overall uh, are a better team and will finish with a slightly better record than the Steelers. And that's just trying to look at objectively the playoff team last year whatever. But they both sort of play similarly in, in that the Steelers, the reason they're 4-2, and two, I think it is, because uh, they had a bye. Um, they're good because they sort of believe that if they hang around in a game that they'll eventually figure out a way to win it. So they're making big plays at big moments to win games. Well, that's kind of what the Jaguars are. So if you don't put this Steelers team away in the first half, when they've played poorly in the first half so far this year and played great in the second half, if you don't put them away, uh, they're going to come back on you, and it's going to be a four-point game with two minutes to go. Uh, I, I think it's going to be close, and it'll be whoever makes play at the end of the game. I think that's they both have a similarity in the sense that it makes it tricky for their opponent because you don't know what team you're going to get when they go out on the field, and that bodes well for the Jaguars. It has bode well for them so far because it feels like they've kind of – surprise some of the teams mm-hmm. they've played against and I think that's the Steelers thing for me is like sometimes from what I've seen of them they look great and then sometimes I'm like that is embarrassing so what we get when we go up there will be interesting I think the environment's not as um scary as it used to be so I think sometimes that can take you out of things they were very fortunate to kind of get ahead early in the Superdome and take the crowd out of that because that could have been a, a big factor for them going in because that's a that's a tough environment so I think if they can do something similar on the road in Pittsburgh that will help them out a lot and then I don't know whatever it takes yeah Steelers have been phenomenally slow starting the, the stats on Kenny Pickett how much better he is in the second half than the first are are, are staggering I I I think the Jaguars have a chance to get up in this game, and uh, but the, you know I don't necessarily think that the Steelers are a team that you're going to be able to put away 
uh, no. for midway. Through well, the because they have explosive playmakers, right? right? I mean, we haven't even mentioned George Pickens and, and what a mismatch he is physically. He's so tall and so long. I don't know whether you're going to have Tyson Campbell back or not, but whoever is on him is going to have a really long day. And Deontay Johnson looked explosive in L.A. on Sunday. And I just mentioned what, what Najee Harris, I mean, he looked like the guy that we watched at, um, at Alabama. And then, of course, on defense, T.J. Watt. So they've got the kind of game changers that can flip the game on you fast. I know you all like history. Kai, do you like history? I, don't I know love you history. I mean, we, mm-hmm. I don't, we haven't talked about this I like this fun yet. facts, too. Hey, but how about this fun fact? Uh, since 1999... The Jaguars have played nine games, including playoff games, in Pittsburgh. They've won seven of them. Seven of the last nine trips to Pittsburgh for the Jags overall have been wins, including, of course, the playoff game, the divisional playoff after the 17 season, the regular season game. Uh, the last time the Steelers won in Pittsburgh against the Jags, 2011. Yep. Um, and the other time was 2001. So when Elvis Joseph fumbled on the one-yard line, or the Jaguars would have won that one, too. There you go. So um, it's been a place that the Jaguars have had success. That's a long time ago, 1999. But, <laughs> hey, whatever. Uh, whatever it takes. 24 years. Oh, come on. It's been a long time since 2017, by the way. Uh, let's make some new history. This week, the Jaguars and the Steelers coming up. Kai Stevens, Brian Sexton, John Ozier. I'm J.P. Shadrick, and this is Jaguars Reporters.